Hey guys, welcome to another episode. I'm your host, Dave West, and our co-host, Jeremy Wilmont, uh, is joining us today for part two of the regular Standard Guys Foil Podcast, Losing Weight, Having Joy... Oh, I knew I'd stuff it up. The regular Standard Guys Foil Podcast, Losing Weight, Slash Enjoying, Having Fun Show, as coined by Jeremy. It just rolls off the tongue. Thanks for that, Jeremy. Uh, we dive into where we're at, how well or poorly we are going, what we've been up to a little bit. And some other just general discussions. I always enjoy talking to Jeremy, and Jeremy seems to enjoy talking to me. So I hope you enjoy this episode. The Foil Lord hats ha- have been made, and they are being sent to me as of today. So by the end of this week, being the 30th of October, they should be available to purchase on the link in my Instagram or on the show notes. Uh, if it's not, just DM me on Instagram, and I will send you the link. There's only limited quantity, so if you want to support the show, it's a great way. I make nine dollars a hat. Very exciting. Uh, outside of that, um, we have Edo coming on in this week and John Mann. So doing interviews with those guys. Not sure when they'll drop, um, but yeah, very excited to talk to those guys about downwinding, prone surfing, all the fun stuff that they're up to. For now, please enjoy part two with Jeremy Wilmot of the regular Standard Guys for podcast losing weight slash enjoying having fun show. Hello, Mr. Dave. Hello, Mr. Jeremy. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. We're going to we stop are... talking. We're going to talk, talk official now. We, that's all right. Put on put on your best suit. <laughs> yeah, my best my best voice. But yeah, it's been um I, I've been dragging the anchor. I've you... I know that uh, you've been hassling me, and unfortunately, I just haven't been able to find the time. And, and you... I apologise for that. You even cheated on me with Progression Project in between. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did uh, accidentally slip in there, didn't I? <laughs> no, that's all right. You, but yeah, you've been having a, a a wonderful time by the look, mate. It hasn't stopped. Mm. It's been um, it's been really fun. It's been really good. Heaps has happened, and um, one of the good things is that you're saying that a lot of people were. Um, it was funny you said just the other day. You're like, oh, heaps of people want to want to hear this podcast. Mm. But um, and then I was like, oh, whatever. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the funniest thing was, and like the it was a really cool moment. A friend of mine, um, Lisa and her husband Simon, oh, spoke yeah. to me today, and they're Branson. like, oh, yeah, yeah. So you know them as well. They yeah. um, they were like, oh, you motivated us. We've uh, we oh, started wow. our own thing. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Like, I was like, good, you know, so maybe we are we are having positive influences on the world. Well, and I, I think you probably don't get as many messages as I do just because I'm the one that edits it. But um, I've had lots of people message me telling me that they've done the similar thing, that they've been like, yeah, I need to get my shit sorted too. So, Well, I hope they haven't done your, um, <laughs> what is it? What oh, are you yeah. doing? Seven we need to, to talk about 30? that. <laughs> we need to talk about that anyway. We but, need to uh, uh, to bring some more accessible uh, dieting to the <laughs> general population. We've done research since our last episode because it's been about, I think it's been four weeks. So um, <laughs> just so, just give people the 30,000 view of what you've been up to just quickly, just so that they know that we had a good excuse. Oh, okay. Well, pretty much an overview without going into details. We started this ambitious goal of ours to get fitter. And overly, lose weight, overly ambitious, <laughs> overly ambitious. Well, I mean, like, but that's fair enough because yeah. that's what people do, right? And that's this is real world stuff. Where, um, sorry, just got it. Where's this door? That's no, right. 
I, I just got edited the, it out. Yeah, yeah. So what I was saying, this is real world stuff where people try to lose weight, but they're living real lives and they're not on TV and they don't get everything paid for and they've still got to do the jobs and they've still got to look after the kids and stuff. And yeah, life gets in the way. Big time. And so, for me, it yeah. did. Well, and <laughs> and yours did in a different way than probably your average punter lately. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess mine, you could almost say that I got, sort of force-fed like exotic foods down my throat a lot of the time <laughs> <laughs> so I, I i got really lucky so you've been but, um, fiji, fiji hood, river. hood river i mean i'd been to maui i mean that's what started this whole thing that we went to maui and i saw the athletes and i was like okay sweet like i've got to up my game and get better at um be healthier and then uh hood happened and I don't know. Anyone that's traveled a lot will probably know that it's hard to um, eat as no. You, you can eat as much as you like on the tr- when you're traveling, mm. but it's sort of hard to abide by losing weight when you're traveling and training and keeping keeping healthy as, as such because you're always flying on planes and you're just yeah. tired all the time, you know. And when then then the thing is with you and me, we get home or whenever you get home from whatever you're doing is you got the kids to look after, you know, and then you're just shattered. So Yeah, motivation so, yeah. disappears quickly. Yeah. Well, interestingly, when I was in Adelaide last week, I the foil drive guys work such long days and they all forget to eat that I barely ate that for like four days because I like I, we did 14-hour days in the office. wasn't much riding, um, but I didn't eat until about 8.30 at night which for me is really late because I feed my kids early, obviously. So I reckon I had about 1,000 calories the first day, which is, you know, half of what, <laughs> what I normally have. And um, so that was so good, what, but I didn't get to um, ride much. So so what happened? You actually got exposed to what hard work is like or what's the game? Like? <laughs> Legitimately, and, you know, you made a good, a good point. That is like I saw a genuine hustlers, like not hustlers in the bad way, but entrepreneurs like Ben and Paul – they work harder than pretty much everybody else in the office. And Dom, Dom definitely is up there like long days. Those guys are in the office from eight and they go home at eight. Paul well, one night probably, didn't even go home until like 10. Yeah. You saw the di- and this is an established business, right? Mm. You saw the difference between a successful career man and a business that just doesn't end up anywhere, right? Yeah. You, like they're putting their heart and soul into that business and it's going to be really successful. Um, so it's well, as, a, uh, it, as a writer, it's got your tick of approval. You seem to like it. I love it. Like I genuinely, and I'm happy to say this, like I am tactfully trying to use it to get more time and foil than people who are better than me to slowly catch up. <laughs> That's literally <laughs> what I'm doing. Like I can't That's what tell I use the, the wind for. Yeah. Well, that's the other way. Whatever you do to get on foil, you got a toe, you got a wing, you can foil drive. As long as you're foiling waves as often as possible, you'll get better. So that's my that's one of the tools I'm using. Yeah. Well, I've seen your last clip. That was um, I don't know, maybe I, we could talk about if you've lost weight, but you certainly uh, seem to utilize the the foil drive pretty well. You did a few turns on that thing. Yeah, I do try. Spitfire combo. Spitfire 900. My well, actually, I've been on the 840 a lot lately, so but that I didn't lose weight. So we should take a step back. Um, so let's let's check in. Let's see where we're both at. Well, did, let, you, did you weigh yourself or you want to start somewhere else? Oh, yeah, yeah we can weigh ourselves. So um, 
do it live. <laughs> you from go, the start, oh, shit. Uh, from the start, um, I was about 98, 99. That was when we first started. Yeah. On the first phone call, I was down to like 97. Yeah. And then I got down to like 94 prior to traveling. Whoa. 94.5. But then Whoa. I've come back up to 96. So yesterday I was at 96 yep. kilos. So whatever that is in pounds yes. for those. But um, yeah, 96 kilos, man. But um, let me do the conversion to pounds. Staying steady there. 211 pounds. Yeah, okay. Okay, perfect. So we're exactly the same weight. <laughs> So oh, I was I'm about five foot taller than you, though. You are, but my <laughs> thighs are about double the diameter of yours. <laughs> All right. So soon um, you're gonna, yeah. No, so I started at 97 on the the first call that we did, and I actually got down to 94.5 as well within two weeks because I I was really disciplined the first two weeks, and then I got really busy with weddings, and I was just getting given beers at weddings. Because that's what happens when you're the singer and the DJ. People just go, "Oh, here's a drink. Here's a drink. Here's a drink." Yeah. And um, and I am back up to ninety five and a half. Uh, okay, so we still got progress. You still a little bit of progress. A little bit, but, but not much. It, real life got in the way. We went two steps forward, one step back, which is and that's to be expected. Still ahead, but yeah, we just got to find a way for everyone to um to motivate them that there is. Like overall progression, I, sh- I should say. Yeah. But um, let's go through. I want to know because you mm. went on to this psycho mm. um, fasting thing. Did you follow that through? How how long did that last? And what are you what are you doing okay. now? So it did not last. It was about uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was about nine days that I did it with um, pretty much accuracy. You know, eating from the whatever the window was five to six or seven to eight at night that's still so hard to do not for nine days yeah it was a pain in the ass it was actually inconvenient <laughs> more than anything because my i would had a day off and my wife would be like oh let's go get lunch and i'm like cool i just and i just wouldn't go i was like i don't want to go to lunch because i can't eat and it'll annoy me so it was really inconvenient for my relationships um friends as well you know want to have lunch and the other thing was for weddings, and this is where it all fell apart, was I only get to eat like because I get to a wedding at say twelve in the middle of the day, and then I'm on my feet for twelve hours potentially, and I'm you know using up so many more calories. Fake smiling or smiling for real? A bit of both, <laughs> <laughs> depending on the wedding. Let's not um, pretend here. <laughs> no, no, it's you're you're putting on a character. You know, like that's you, right. You, you, no, actually, the better way to put it is you're putting the best version of yourself forward. But that takes a lot of energy, um, and also they give you these tiny little fancy meals, and I literally just couldn't eat enough in the time frame that I had while I was still at the wedding because I finished at eleven at night, and so and I couldn't not eat all day. Or, you know, I just fatigue. So as soon as I got stuck into, you know, two, three weddings a week, like I'm doing now, it'll fell apart. So it's not practical for me and it sucks. So something I I would suggest is that, um, like from an outsider's point of view, Mm. straight up, you don't have to fast and only eat at night. Like I would, if you wanted to continue on with that, you could have done it in the morning, but I'm not going to suggest that's a good idea because I don't think that. Yeah, I think sort it's of harder. Eating's too hard. Yeah, as soon as you open the, you know, I've eaten today, it's it's harder to then stop again for me. 
Oh, okay. You know, so like for me, delaying it the later in the day was easier. Whereas if you said to me, you can eat from 12 to 1, the from 1 till the end of the day, I'm going to be so hungry. But um, yeah, it's it's an extreme version, as you said, and you were correct. And I'm glad I tried it. And I'm not going to continue with that. I've got a different strategy now. So, but what did you Well, do? it's not a failure because now you know that you've got something better, yeah? And you've actually spoken to some nutritionists about yeah. this as well, haven't you? So, Yeah, I have. Um, and also, I've, I had this realization that I'm trying things that used to work when I didn't have kids. So like I did keto and I've done intermittent fasting before I had kids and responsibilities and it was pretty easy. But now that I've got these new variables that play into my circumstances, it's so much harder to stick to something like that with like genuine discipline. So that's, I'm like, oh no, I need to change strategy to 33 year old Dave who has three kids and, you know, a wife and responsibilities. So that was one of my realizations. I think that's why people are um, relating to this show because we actually have possibly the same problems that they have where it's not easy, man. Like it's, Like the goals there, the goals are the same, whether you're young, old, three kids or no kids. But the like, I guess the challenges to achieve uh, are pot- potentially greater for us as with all these responsibilities. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You... Yep. So, um, how how did you go that? How did you lose weight that first? So what a story. <laughs> I'll start. I'll start because it was um it was a good one. I, I enjoyed this one, but. Um, so pretty much when you rung, I'd already started, I'd spoken to, based off, as we discussed, Oscar, he wasn't really eating before 10 or 1 and um, I had just cold turkey cut chocolates, ice creams every night with the kids. So anything that pretty much wasn't really healthy as such just kind of went out. So I could eat heaps of fruit, heaps of like if I was hungry, I'd eat bread, you know, But and I wouldn't change my dinners or anything. If anything, I ate bigger dinners. Um, but, yeah, it was just cutting out one meal in the morning and cutting out all candies and all, all the junk. So it's not a hard diet. It's literally just bettering what you should be eating, cutting out the bad stuff. Now, this all worked really well. Um, lost heaps of weight. I combined this with also um, a fair bit of – training because i couldn't um like you can't always go foiling but i can always take 15 or 20 minutes and just go for like a a little sprint on a on a beach or or just do something yeah so that was easy i was doing the combination of those two so lost weight but never put on muscle i don't think um but felt fit and i must admit that when i did get on a foil um something just felt different like six kilos is a lot. You strap six kilos to your body. That's a lot. Yeah, you're, you're going to feel that difference. And I, it's always hard. This is not like a scientific test, mm. but the feeling test was that there was an improvement. Um, so I went to Hood and pretty much got there. It did a full red eye, destroyed in the morning. We had lasagna like at 5 a.m. or what. Anyway, <laughs> like we, we, we got – we got to the house and there was this beautiful lasagna like in the oven ready for us to eat and we all just, as a, all the team riders just smashed into it. Anyway, the thing was there we had um, two guests and they were pretty much just there to look after us and they did the most amazing job 
and they would feed us breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And how can you refuse good food? Somebody else made. <laughs> somebody else made breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And at hey. the start, I was eating like pretty good, like just bacon and eggs in the morning and, and like a little pancake or something. But by the end, it was kind of like <laughs> America. Yeah, American <laughs> cookies were there and then American this uh, and like muffins and like as a whole, the food was really good, right? Yeah. But the quantity upped mm. because it tasted so flipping good. Like they did such an amazing job at, um, at cooking us food. So really enjoyed that. But going back to the diet, that was the first tipping point. <laughs> um <laughs> Hood was sort of like we were in the water a little bit, but we weren't we weren't doing more than like four or five hours in the water. So for the amount of quantity of food we were eating, um we I wasn't burning it up during the day. You're probably breaking even. Yeah. Nah, I was definitely eating more. Oh yeah, yeah. And then, um, and also within, like, we were. Oh, I mean, my hand was twisted to have a, a drink as well for two nights, so it was kind of like that doesn't help either. And normally at home, I don't drink alcohol either, so that's another thing. I think yeah, we, we mentioned in the last podcast. Yeah, we did. But you're with the crew. Pretty fun. Pretty hard to say Mate, no. You're with the crew, and they're all out at night, <laughs> and they're all like buying tequila shots and playing this <laughs> stupid game on like this board and. Mate, we went to like this place called an elk club oh. and it, they've got like all these taxidermied elks on the walls hmm. and um, it was so weird. <laughs> I was just like, what the hell is this place? And they had all these um, like this, it's kind of like a cult. So they had all these books and I opened one up and it's like a Bible, thou shalt not speak foully of the elks and if one should oh. do this the the f- true force of elknership or something <laughs> will, will be unleashed upon them and i was this like is a, this is a weird oh, establishment oh mate it was it was full on i, I tried to um yeah it's really weird and the, you had to like they had the you know the judges hammers yeah so it was like a proper courtroom and they Hammer it and go, bang, meeting is adjourned. So, okay, yes, yeah. That was at 1am, so we saw that. that was, oh, that was wow. Good. So you're really That's out in the town. Oh, no, we, we were proper out. This was um, yeah, this was, <laughs> this was not the best uh, <laughs> best thing to do. But anyway, I felt crap the next day as usual and mm. uh, told myself I wouldn't drink again. <laughs> then, um, so I came home from that. And literally, I think I landed on like, I think it was a Sunday night at like eight o'clock and lost, my bags got lost somehow. Anyway, they, they, they got there later, but um, went to work Monday morning, absolutely busted. Like every time, all our flights are red eyes from America. Anyway, so you try and fast the next morning after a couple of nights out and and the red eye flight and going to work and then try and function it that afternoon with the kids because they miss you obviously so you've got to um, do your best to enjoy your time with them yeah and that was on the Sunday so I had Sunday to Friday of pretty much one of the biggest weeks of my year at work because I'd been away for so long 
and I was about to go to Fiji. So that was five days of trying to jam-pack time in with the kids and the wife and, yeah, eating healthy. Just Like I wasn't going out of my way to eat bad. I still wasn't eating ice creams and stuff. But, like, it just goes out the window a little bit, doesn't it, really? Well, it's like you've only got so much mental capacity. And at some point, the more things you take on, something's going to fall to the wayside. And it sounds like that's exactly what happened. Yeah, yeah. Like things... Like the non the, the things that you don't prioritize just fall to the side. Yeah. So, and that's what happened. And like I didn't even foil that week. Um, and I didn't really feel bad about that because I knew what <laughs> I'd just done and where yeah. I was going. Um, and then that brings me to the next evolution of we were meant to do a podcast that week. Mm. And something happened. Well, something happened. Yeah. Life got in the way, as I told you. And of course, like every night, the wife wants my attention. But yeah. I like I try my best, but it's um yeah, it just gets torn in every direction. <laughs> I told him I had to do a podcast with you, but she was like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, fair enough. My wife almost said that to me tonight. Oh, did she? I, yeah. Well, I've got four weddings this week, and so I'm all, I'm busy every night from now until Saturday. So she's like, Oh, are you doing a podcast? <laughs> like, yeah. Sorry. This is the important one. Yes. Yeah. The um and then, yeah, went, went to Fiji and that's when life really got in the way. So I don't know for all the listeners, there's a place called Nomotu and Tavarua. Um, Nomotu is where I went. It's in Fiji. And um, it's kind of, I don't know if you'd call it exclusive, but it's... It's exclusive. Okay. Well, it's yep, exclusive. It Let's go with that. It's it's financially a little bit exclusive is what I'd probably say, but... Um, Anyone's welcome, and it's the most magical, dreamlike, picturesque holiday destination you can go to. And honestly, that is like the epicenter of where good memories are made. Like it's yeah, it's just such a cool spot. But um, so there's new management. I haven't been there in twelve years, and they've upped their food um, mm-hmm. quality. <laughs> so I've got there <laughs> and I've literally just gone oh. breakfast, lunch, and dinner, buffet. And oh, nice. this is going to be really, this will be a good conversation because the food there was so yum and I just ate such a large quantity of it. It was insane. Mm. But I think more importantly, people don't really, what they want to know about is what happened, I guess. I was surfing eight to 10 hours in the water each day. So the energy expenditure is huge. Massive. So, I mean, cutting meals on when you're doing that, it's just not going to, it's probably not beneficial, right? I mean, you can do it, but um, I certainly didn't even attempt to do it. But the food they cook is specifically tailored for um, for that, to, to have lots of energy and to mm. um, be on the water all the time. So. I ate really well. It was just the quantity. I mean, every lunch and dinner, I was having at least double what I would eat normally. Yeah. And it was just like sashimi, um, fish. There'd be all sorts of stuff. Like, and man, it tasted good. And then, like, the desserts, <laughs> there'd be always desserts at dinner. And every lunch, there'd be desserts as well. Yeah. So it was just. An insane amount of food quantity. <laughs> so that that lasted for two weeks. 
And that's the thing though, to enjoy those experiences. And this is my, this is actually my sort of daily issue is to enjoy those experiences. You want to have a feeling of energy. And the whole problem with being in a calorie deficit, which equals weight loss, is you don't have the same feeling of energy. So it's like, of course, you're going to want to eat sufficiently when you're in the water for 10 hours. It's crazy. Yeah, like, yeah absolutely. And th- th- the very interesting point that I, I mean, that's a story of what happened, but the very interesting thing that I noticed was when I came home um, just at the start of last week or the end of last week, sorry, there was the food that I was eating over there versus the food I was eating here, I had this complete sense of just lack of energy. I could not, for the life of myself, get activated. I was literally, I just couldn't do it. Like the, I just, yeah, I was always hungry. So it was really hard to transition from a high energy. And I don't know if you can comment on this as well. If you go from a really high energy uh, experience of usage, so you're surfing lots, and then you go to nothing, which is back at work or at home or whatever, your food intake, your body's telling you, I know you've got to keep eating, right? Yeah. But it takes a while for it to go, okay, I actually need to eat less because I'm using less. It doesn't 100%. switch straight away. It actually it continues on that path of I'm still using heaps of energy until you feel like a big blubber. Yep. And it's like, oh no, like time to change back. 100%. Your body is literally designed that you don't starve. Everything in your system is designed for you to put on fat because that's a survival mechanism. It's like you're literally fighting evolution every time you try and purposely lose weight. Yeah. Like it yeah. is it is one of the hardest things you can do. And there's no doubt about that. Yeah. So I definitely found it really hard to go from high energy to low energy and transitioning between the food quantity that you need for each one. And every time I did a trip and came home, it was the same thing. Yeah. Do the trip, heaps, come home, need way less, but you're just starving and you just can't process it. But um, I think... Yeah, that's exactly yeah. my issue is that I have, we'll get a run of swell and I'll for three, four days, I'll be in the water for four to six hours and then I'll go to work and do pretty much nothing. And I'm still eating like I did that for four days. And it takes like three to four days to readjust to the new level of activity. Yeah. So have you managed to flick it back off? Because you only got back last week, didn't you? Yeah. It, t- it takes me about a week. I'm, I'm a week in now, but I reckon I've put about three kilos on. Yeah, <laughs> not just joking. <laughs> yeah, no. But one of the things that was really interesting when you go to these places that are like kind of tailoring for high energy foods, they serve you all these like turmeric drinks and like beetroot and ginger. Oh and yeah, anti-inflammatory. Yeah, and I, I was kind of like, look, I'm sort of open arms, willing to test anything, <laughs> and um. Like I tasted them both separately, and they tasted disgusting. <laughs> I did. I did. It was not uh, not my cup of tea. And yeah. then one of the um, one of the girls there goes, "Oh, just put them together," and then it became bearable. But mm. one thing I did find was possibly those drinks and that sort of like what do they call them? The superfoods. Mm. I think they make a difference. Hey, what you put in is what you get out. Yeah, well, I think I always look at it in a different way, which is that there's all these really blatantly shit options available to us. 
And it doesn't take a lot to actually just switch your diet to things that just aren't terrible for you. So I don't know how good turmeric is for you. Like running those studies is extremely difficult to get definitive results. But eating chicken nuggets is bad for you. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> guaranteed. So I look at it from that perspective, like anything that's processed, you know, that isn't naturally occurring, meat, fruit, vegetables, it's not good for you, probably. Like more than likely, it's not good for you. And yeah. so that's the I just sort of go, yeah, I think anything that isn't a shit food is a superfood. <laughs> <laughs> so well, we can come to we can definitely come to that conclusion that if you eat like it's so easy to go on a diet and to feel better just by cutting out the stuff you know you shouldn't eat. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's not rocket science to do that. I can definitely say confidently as a non-science nutritionist guy, if you cut that out, you're going to feel heaps better. And yeah. I don't know if you agree, but I feel so much better now mm. that I've cut out all the crap. Except for the moti, I was eating all the cakes, a lot of cakes and ice creams every night. But <laughs> since I've come back, they're out again for three days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah, for sure. And and that's oh yeah, because I'm sort of up and down at the moment. But um, uh, right. So interestingly, I thought we'd talk about this because uh, I I went and did a DEXA scan. Do you know what that is? No. So it's a it's technical. a it's a body composition bone density scan. So it's one of the most accurate ways other than when they weigh you in water to find out what your body fat percentage is. Oh yeah. So I paid like a hundred bucks. It's it, it went to the university and they did it. Um, cause I thought it'd be interesting to discuss because my BMI is horrendous. So if you do my height and this is what I was saying about my thighs, um, my BMI, so my 95 kilos divided by my height is 29, which would put me in the uh, obese class one category. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Yes. <laughs> not not in that way because I know that that, um, it's that BMI scales totally useless. off. Yeah, I don't so, know why they even published that. It's so dumb. And so the other the other one that I've done in the past was like the electrical current one that it like runs an electrical current and it measures the resistance that goes throughout your body and then it makes estimations. Not very accurate. That said, I had 24% body fat. This scan, and this was before I started dieting, I'm actually 19% body fat, which isn't that bad. That's actually quite good. And this is what because like this is why I say like when I started this, I said me getting to 85 kilos is a big deal. And now it's really good to know because that would mean that I'm 10% body fat. Yeah, if right. I, if I lose 10 kilos, this is why I said like at 85, I'm shredded. I genuinely am because yeah, 10% body fat is hard to maintain, really hard to maintain. Um, so yeah, there's the, not too many people that are sitting at 10%, no, is there? Like Oscar is probably. <laughs> so you know, but even Oscar and say Josh Koo, those guys might be sitting around 12%, 13% just from looking at them. Uh, and that's sort of the goal is I think maybe. How I much just, have you been looking at them? Oh, I just, I've got pictures that I just scroll through every night. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, just in like videos that I see. <laughs> um, I'm just making an assumption. So, um, yeah. So, and that's why. Also, I'm just being realistic. Why it's, I've been at 95 kilos for such a long time 
is because that's actually a really normal healthy fat range. So that's like yeah, okay. well within normal. And um, if you get below 10%, you're in a fat deficit and it starts to mess up your hormones. And that's why nobody can ever really stay at that. You know, like the guys that do the body shows and all that, they put on fat as soon as they finish the show because it just messes them up. They lose, they can't get a boner and stuff. Like it does all sorts of weirdness too. Oh, um, really? Yeah, okay. Yeah, it fully messes you up. Um, so yeah, I'm sort of I'm re I'm re I'm moving the goalpost slightly because not so what because, is the goal? What what's the goal then? So the goal is actually gonna be 87 kilos. And that would be so that would mean I need to lose uh eight kilos, and that would make me twelve percent body fat, which I think is a more realistic main because it's a good point you made in the first episode. Don't bother doing it if you're not gonna keep doing it. And yeah. I think if I get to 85 i'm just going to end up bouncing back up to something higher than that well you won't maintain 85 exactly that's what i'm saying so whereas 87 maybe 88 that's something that i might be able to maintain um and that's still a significant you know that's eight kilos like you said you take eight kilos off your back if you were running up a hill you'll notice it so that's that's huge like eight kilos is massive if i lost eight kilos from now i'd be like oh my god that's so much well and this is the other this is what i meant when i said my about my thighs so i'm 77 percent muscle so i'm not i'm 70 kilos of muscle yeah, okay <laughs> that's a lot <laughs> i've always uh, said I'm stocky a, a ball of a ball of muscle i am stocky but i didn't know i was that stocky i, I thought there was like a, <laughs> so that was good that was like a good news story um yeah, okay it doesn't mean it can't get better well, it's a new. It's good news because it makes it easy for you, in a way. Yeah, and harder. <laughs> but <laughs> and harder. The it? other thing it gives you is your basal metabolic rate, which is minimum calories just to keep your operations going, keep the brain going. That doesn't include activity, and just that is nineteen hundred calories. So if I eat two thousand calories, I'll starve to death. <laughs> yeah, right. So that was interesting. This is why I found this so interesting because I was like, oh, this gives me like really good numbers to work from. To So, you know, if I do a, a big downwinder, hour and a half downwinder, that's about 500 calories. So all I need to do is go, okay, if I need to, you know, be in a 500 calorie deficit every day, then say I have have to eat two and a half thousand normally to be healthy, then I eat 3,000. So I'm, and I'm moving on to my next point, but um, anything you want to comment or add? <laughs> No, I just I get one. I'm like, yeah, I mean, this is so. This is where your research and talking to people has led you. Where this is a much better way of doing it. Yeah, because my a, first a better, approach didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> so you're finding solutions. No, but it's finding solutions is part of the part of doing it, isn't it? So it's you're literally finding the best way to do it for your particular body shape and mass. Yeah, and also knowing that what I have been doing hasn't worked psychologically because I think this, and I know you'd agree that this is all mainly psychological. It's, it's yeah. literally just how do I make my willpower, you know, um, help me <laughs> rather than it working against me. So yeah. hmm, Cause that's actually something that I should bring up now um, before we continue on talking about psychological, the, how are your mood swings when you were fasting for <laughs> just only eating for two hours of the day? Uh, pretty you get, violent. <laughs> you get pretty cranky when you're hungry, don't you? Oh, I yeah. Think it's, and a, it's human behavior, isn't it? 
Yeah, well, it makes sense. But uh, yes, I would be fine. And then uh, at about click, three right? o'clock, it just clicked. And I'd be like, far out, I'm cranky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's a weird sensation because you, you're like, you feel fine. You know you're hungry, right? But mentally, you're like, why am I feeling this way? And it's like, mm. you're only feeling this way because you're hungry. And it's like, can I stop it? But you actually can't stop that sensation of crankiness. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hundred percent. And then I also, then I'd eat and then I'd have a huge, like, holy crap, I need to go to bed right now. <laughs> and that was hard because I might, you know, be working and I'm like, oh, I want to go to sleep, but I have to be awake for the next five hours. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, uh, should I read what our good friend Sarah, the dietitian, sent me? Yeah, let's go with that. Let's try and educate people the right way and not not our silly ways. <laughs> Although we've we've achieved small bits, but I think we can we can achieve more with the right direction. Let me just find it. So, big shout out to Sarah. It's um the partner of a guy. Partner Sarah is the partner of a guy down with Alex Tibby, and she is a dietitian. Uh, and she said, I said, and I did specifically say, um, can you give us advice on how we should eat while still trying to maintain fitness, endurance, and muscle mass? Because that was the big key is I went, you know, we don't want to be losing performance. We want to increase performance. That's our priority. So she said regular into, into uh, let me start again. Regular protein intake is number one, having four to six meals a day containing a protein source, i.e., Meat, eggs, dairy ensures your muscles stay full, fueled, and recovery is supported. She says, which is this is ironic. She says regularity is the key. So she's saying regular increase intake across the day is the key. At any one time, your body can only digest a certain amount of protein, one to two serves, or thirty to sixty grams. So any excess consumed will be excreted by your body. So if you eat all your protein in one meal. Your body will just go, I can't deal with this right now. And down the GI tract it goes. So that was really interesting. Um, protein also plays a huge role in satiety or satiety, however people say it. So it makes you feel full for longer. Energy dense snacks, and these are included in your meals. Uh, so things like eggs, et cetera. Any comments on that before I move on to the second point? Uh, you just brought up eggs. I mean, eggs is a really good theory and I've always tried to do it, but I find I can have like, five eggs or six eggs and try and cut out whatever else I'm having at lunchtime. Yeah. And I'm still starving, eh? Yeah, they just don't do the trick. I don't whereas, know what it is. but Whereas a big steak does do the trick. Do you find that? Uh, yeah, yeah, but big steak doesn't feel good when you go surfing though. But no. <laughs> I just feel hungry after eggs. I don't know why. I have a strange relationship with eggs where I'll eat them heaps for like two months and then I will hate them for two months. <laughs> So <laughs> I'm currently on a hate them, which is not that beneficial because they are a great option as a snack, as Sarah said. Um, okay, so energy deficit. This is the second point, and this is what I was talking about earlier about calories. So the science of weight loss will always come back to creating an energy deficit. This means eating and drinking less than you normally do consistently. This will look different for everybody. You're aiming to achieve a calorie deficit of 500 calories a day for two weeks and this should lead to approximately one kilo weight loss a week to achieve this look at what you eat and eliminate three to five things you could live without so that's a nice little simple approach three to five things 
you could live without. So you did that with chocolates and ice cream. Um, yeah. Alcohol is a huge one. It's empty calories. Um, and they make you feel shit in the morning. Yeah. And they're really addictive too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm lucky. I don't have that problem because I hate waking up feeling crap. But Yeah. Well. <laughs> it also makes you be a dickhead at nighttime too. <laughs> yeah. Most of the bad decisions people make are under alcohol. That's for sure. Um. <laughs> Okay, so point number three, and this is pre and post training nutrition. Get these right, she said. Pre training carbs one to two hours before. So post training protein and carbs about an hour afterwards. These are your times that the muscle needs to prime for work and refueling to recover and adapt to the training you have done. Getting this right consistently will support the training you are doing and also help prevent injury. So there you go. Um, let me just move on. Yeah, she's saying fiber is your friend and will keep you feeling full. And uh, that's about it. So thank you, Sarah. Sarah runs a little, uh, I'll find it and I'll shout it out at some point. She runs a little like she makes meals for um, athletes and doctors. So she's she's, yeah, right. well, she's a very cool chick. Thanks, Sarah. And we should actually ask Sarah to go like what um, – so just like you did, you got that body scan. What's the best way to know? Um, maybe we'll cover this in the next podcast. Mm. What's the best way to know what your particular body requires? Because everyone's very different, right? Um, hopefully mine doesn't need caviar because I just can't <laughs> pay for that. But like what what your body requirements are different from mine. Yeah, I'm not I... talking about flavors. Everyone likes different no, no, flavors, no. right? We're talking about... Physical the break, the breakup yeah. of protein, carbs, and fat. Is yeah. that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Or actually, another question for the nutritionist: Is everybody essentially the same? Can they? Can we all be fed the same for the same output? I actually know the answer to this. Uh, Let's hear it. Which is uh, everybody's different, and there's actually new research suggesting that the foods you were raised on are the best for your health outcomes, which is really interesting. And it's got to do with your skin, uh, your gut biome. So you've had this this fauna that's been growing in your gut and it's related to your skin fauna, as they call it. And, sorry, flora. And, uh, yeah, there's really interesting research to suggest that you should eat similar to what you were raised on because your body has become accustomed to those foods over time. Um, but that doesn't mean that that's how you lose weight. That's just in general, what can be good for you? Because if you do radical shifts, your body goes, holy shit, what's going on? And it goes into a stress response. So that's interesting. So maybe we could summarize it that you just got to literally eat what you grew up with at a reduced amount. (laughs) (laughs) Eat veggies. That's one thing. I've been trying to eat more veggies. Yeah. yeah. Veggies and fruit. Well, and, you know, I was raised on simple carbs, pasta, meat, and veggies. and So much pasta. Yeah, so much pasta. I was a big family. I don't know if you were. Yeah. But, and I do find that, you know, not eating a lot of bread obviously makes sense because that's a lot of carbs. But, if I eat similar to what I grew up on, I feel normal. Whereas I start going a bit weird and I get all sorts going on. But just quickly, I'll shout out um, Sarah's business is deliciouslycleaneats.com.au. And she does healthy meals delivered to your door. It's sort of like um, HelloFresh, but 10 times better. So 
Yeah, okay. Anyway, I thought I'd just shout her out to say thanks for her time. So well, now, that, now that we've talked about HelloFresh now, <laughs> as, a, uh, as a parent, mm. I don't recommend that either as a dieting source because that takes up so much time to oh, cook. Oh, yeah. And Mate, like it's, the meals are delicious, no doubt yeah. about it. The dishes. But I can whip. Oh. I can whip up a meal in twenty minutes for the family. Now, if I start one of those things, I've got forty-five minutes to an hour, and I'm sorry, I'd rather be doing other shit. We're never going to so- get sponsored by HelloFresh now. <laughs> no, we're done. <laughs> we're finished. I 100 percent agree, and I think they like purposely make meals that require six saucepans. And I'm yeah. I'm like, I don't need to roast these nuts in a separate saucepan. I've already got four running. I've only got four burners. And then they're like, yeah, you're good at roasting nuts. I'm like, I don't need to do that. <laughs> it's yes. meals for non-surfers. You don't want to be in the water all day long. It's meals for single people. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to fill are, in the time. They are tasty. But uh, yes, I think you can arrive at a better tasting meal with less steps. So so that that is not our solution for losing weight. No. Uh, my most favorite calorie dense meal at the moment is shepherd's pie. I absolutely, I'm addicted to shepherd's pie, and I think it's a genius food if you have kids because they'll eat it and it's and it stores really well. Like you put it in the fridge and heat it up the next day, it tastes even better. I'm yeah, a, I'm yeah. a big fan of shepherd's pie, which is a very UK thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's nothing wrong with that though. It tastes no. good. It's no. a bit hot where you are though, Brisbane. Yeah, I feel like summer's here already. But um, mm. but another thing, like we we've got it, we haven't even touched on is mm. um how much like we're focusing only on weight with this, but there's also the the other side, the flip side of the coin, where muscle is way denser than fat. So you actually, if you get stronger, mm. you put on weight as opposed to losing weight, and that definitely happened in Fiji for me. Yeah, I can imagine. So I, I've got one of those like. Audi BMI weight scales that gives you all sorts of um, numbers, and that, I'm going to call them numbers because I'm not going to say they're accurate. But they give me a whole bunch of stuff. But the it, it specifically said that I put on 1.7 kilos of muscle fat in two weeks. That wouldn't surprise me. So, and that just for your reference, that's an electrical current one. So it's measuring an electrical current. That's why it's got those little silver pads on it. Yeah. Okay. And it's sending a current through your right leg to your left leg, and it goes, okay, how much resistance is there? Yeah, okay, so maybe um, um, they're not terrible, actually. Like they do a pretty good job for what they are. So it yeah, wouldn't surprise right. me because you 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 were winging heaps, weren't you? And paddling. Oh, mate, I was like my daily. Just to to give you a bit of a, an insight of what my day was, I'd go on the second week. I would literally go winging from like. Six till seven, seven fifteen, and then the guests would like start wake up and, and start paddling out the left. I'd go out surfing with them, push them onto waves, surf guiding, and and help them catch waves, and then come in around maybe say nine or like sorry more like ten, and then would fluff around on the on the shore for like say half an hour and then I'd go back out winging and I'd because the currents would be a bit stronger in the second week and the wind was strong so I'd wing till about 12 30 and then have lunch with everyone and then go back up the cloud break 
at say I think it was about two o'clock we were running the boat and um yeah from about two I'd surf till about three thirty four and then I'd either I'd just wing back wing either cloud break and then make my way back on my own or follow the boat back and then wing at the lefts and pulls till about six six thirty and mate there was a couple of days like that and I was shattered (laughs) yeah I'm not surprised. What part of your body breaks down first when you do that sort of length of um, activity? Well, the interesting thing was none of them because the food, like, I mean, I, I can't do that at home. The food was of such large quantities. <laughs> I was having electrolytes pretty much breakfast and mid-afternoon. So, like, that's just to keep – so they've got a desal plant to get the water for mm. drinking. But what that does, it demineralizes the water, and there's not many nutrition, nutritional um, nutrients in it. Sorry, yeah, and vitamins. So they sort of recommend you just put your own like Gatorade powder or whatever in. So I was doing that, and um, mate, I was okay. But like, I'd come back. This was a funny thing as well. I'd come back around six six thirty, like on sunset, and it'd be just my body would feel blown like everywhere. And they had this spa and they also had an ice bath. Oh. So we're doing a little bit of that. And the, um, but the spa in Fiji, you'd think, oh, you guys are idiots. It's, that's too hot. But mate, it just, it just relaxes you. You know, you're just like, you're in there. And then they, of course, pretty much every night, the guests would get you, oh, I'll get you a beer or I'll, yeah. I'll get you a, a cocktail. And, <laughs> and, uh, like, I was just like, okay, yeah, sweet. Let's, yeah, I'll have one. And my wife was actually blowing up at me because she's like, she enjoys a drink at home. And she's like, you don't even drink with me at home. And you're out there <laughs> drinking all your friends. And <laughs> I was like, oh, you don't love just, me. <laughs> no, no. It was, it was literally like that. Like, you don't even want to drink with me at home. I was like, oh, I'm not, I'm not hunting drinks. You know, they're just giving me like it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, pina coladas and like they they were delicious. So <laughs> I wasn't going to say, say no that. that. No, but um, if you but, yeah, like I think... pina colada, <laughs> <laughs> there was plenty of them. Yeah. There was a couple of skull drags, but the um, yeah, the main thing was the electrolytes during the day mm. make a big difference. And I don't know if you've ever had them; sort of keeps you full as well. For some reason. Well, and I don't know if this lined up with me changing diet, but I was having a lot of cramping issues in that time. And um, I actually bought some pickle juice. Um, I've heard Zane Westwood talk about it. So I went and bought some pickle juice. So um, I've got some sort of electrolyte imbalance that's going on because it's happening like within an hour now. Whereas it used to be like, you know, three, four hours on the water and I'd start to get some crampage. But it's like, my and it's always the my right thigh and now my um quad is not my quad my what's it called oh, i've had a mental blank anyway the other lower part of my leg is suddenly doing it too so yeah, right um, i gotta get that sorted because my downwind is as soon as it's about an hour i'm like cramping hard and it's uh, like it's not like i'm tired i'm not tired or fatigued uh, just I'm cramping, so no, definitely, um, definitely get some electrolytes. That that will solve that. I reckon. I, yeah, I bought some Staminade. So I think because Staminade is the more healthy option between that and Powerade. Powerade's full of sugar, as everybody knows. Um, yeah. Or you go to the chemist warehouse and they've got these little orange um, tablets. 
Oh they're yeah, the, they're the ones I use. I've never bought the the Gatorade that's, one, but that's, that's just the way I describe it. Um, what's it called? That's the one you give to your kids when they get the shits. <laughs> yeah, well, when the kids have got diarrhea, that's yeah, what you, that's what you have. They're just yeah. electrolytes. Yeah, because the, the important thing is to get ones that have magnesium in them too, because a lot of them don't have magnesium, which for me yeah. is important in my current uh, predicament. Yeah. Now uh, I'm going to come out with a wild statement, and this is not medical oh, advice. I like this. disclaimer. I'm excited. <laughs> and this, and <laughs> I haven't done it myself either. But one of the guests we were talking about cramping was mm. like, oh, oh, I used to run triathlons. And um, he's like, the solution for that, if you're ever cramping up, you get a teaspoon of baking soda yeah, and just hook straight in. Yep, I've heard that too. And, and he even admitted it's going to taste disgusting. <laughs> and I was like, that can't be good. But I think the the result is that you can stop cramping and you can have it before a race, like a triathlon race and stuff like that if you have yeah. cramping issues. Well, and people think that most of cramping is just because of your sodium intake. And so it sort of makes sense because I think bicarb is like sodium something, sodium carbonate. So it's I a, haven't it's done a, any research on this and I haven't tested it myself. So it's a, <laughs> I'm not taking responsibility for any overdoses it, anywhere. It's got... Any, it's got NA in it as in sodium, so it should uh, provide some sort of um, – well, I think that's the whole reason behind the pickle juice is it's full yeah, okay. of salt and it, um, it acts as a – because it's got vinegar, it changes the alkalinity of your stomach and something and then causes some chain reaction. It's all like NRL, AFL, they all use it. So, yeah, and, okay. and I've heard the bicarb thing as well, and I think that's actually good sound advice from um, – because there, there is also – <laughs> A way of looking at things differently that if you're cramping, it's probably because your body's tired. So you shouldn't well, mask it with medication to tell it that it's not yeah. tired. <laughs> I wonder if I actually pulled my hammy and then it just kept saying to me, hey, you're overdoing it. Whereas it's like the muscles around it are fit enough that I'm not feeling any fatigue, but it's just like, nah, man, we're done. <laughs> like, um, But it's okay because it, uh, I've had a rest now because I didn't get to foil most of last week. My first week off foil, I didn't like it. Uh, nah, it was shit. It was almost almost two years, and that's my first full week that I I foiled for twenty minutes. So I shouldn't say I was off foil, but twenty minutes out of a week, horrendous. <laughs> so. That sounds so bad. That sounds like all the weeks that I'm in yeah. between traveling. <laughs> <laughs> I am spoiled. Well, that's for sure. My- if my wife was here, she'd go sucked in. <laughs> yeah, my wife would too. <laughs> you know what's even better? Because of all this traveling, I've given my wife the bug and she's um, she's left me with all the three kids and gone to Berlin. <laughs> oh, nice. Berlin. So that's what, yeah, Berlin. Wow. She's, on a, she's on a work trip, but let's let's call it a, a leisure trip. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there'll be some leisure snuck in there. Oh yes. Oh good. Oh, she's she's flying comfortably over, and she's. I think she's just having a nice break. I've well, given her enough stress with yeah. uh, being at home without my help, and um, <laughs> there's plenty more trips coming. So got to make it fair. Good wives. Good wives. We yes. have that's for sure. She, she is wonderful, and she she's been minding the kids very well. So. Yeah, I don't mind when I have the kids because they behave really well when it's just me. It's like as soon as my wife's around, they just turn on the the naughtiness. But if it's just me, they're like pretty epic. They just do their own thing. 
<laughs> well, maybe yeah. we'll start another podcast which is about parenting, but I can totally <laughs> agree with what you just said then because uh, I swear that every time we are together, they turn feral and they can be like horrendous. And then one of us will go out or the other one will do something. Yeah. And then they're just little angels and they're like, yeah. oh, Dad, how can I help you? Like, what do you want to do today? It's like, what happened? Well, like, they, re- they, just- they reckon that um, kids are 800% worse behaved for their mums. That was a it was a study. It was just a number that came out of a study recently. But um, I think it's pretty that's it comes in line with my um my experiences so 800 percent, man i feel really sorry for my wife then yep we should we should feel sorry for your wife she's in belief Poor Sarah. actually i'm not going to repeat that number she's not going to like that <laughs> she, might, she might make it harder for me to go she's away. not going to listen to this rubbish <laughs> <laughs> no when i when i put a podcast on in the in the car driving down the coast she blows up yeah i can imagine <laughs> listen don't listen guy. to yourself <laughs> she's never had to listen to me well the good thing for me is like because i edit them i have to listen to them like sort of many times over it feels like so by the end of the time i release i don't even talk to my wife about it so she doesn't even she didn't even know i was doing this for the first three weeks like oh really like she didn't even know i had a podcast pretty much because i was just doing it and never talking about it (laughs) whereas you know i do a youtube video i'm like hey babe come watch this and i show it yeah okay Well, it's too long for them, hey? Oh, yeah, it's long. Yeah, yeah. And it's another language pretty much. You know, I'm on the 1151 and the 2121. It's like, what, yeah, what are you talking okay. about? <laughs> yes. All right. Um, well, yeah, go ahead. Before we run out of time, then I don't know how much time you've got. We haven't actually touched on the other side of the thing, which is um, training. Like we've just been going on about Oh, yeah. Food nutrition, which I think it's probably 80% of the factor of losing weight. But I have one thing I have been able to do in those weeks that I go away. So between travel, um, mm. it's it's almost impossible to, to go for four. So I'll go for a 20 minute run. But yeah. I got sent a, um, a link from Scott Harrison. And um, he is a physiotherapist and he kind of came up with some like some specific foil exercises and movements that are tailored to improving your foiling game. And um, I didn't do any, like I'm not going to go out and do a a session in the Motu after 10 hours in the water. Like that wasn't happening. But last week I was that exhausted, didn't do it. But, this week, I did my first one, and the mindset was very much, oh, how hard can this be? I'm considering myself quite fit and competent in the water. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, <laughs> I got destroyed by it, and it really brought to light how inflexible <laughs> I am and how much improvement I've got to do physically as well as like to become a a better athlete as such but yeah um yeah it was quite good i I'd, I'd highly recommend it and i'll um did he he post that on the uh doc start page or something that facebook group i think uh, I, saw I, it. I don't know he's kind of giving me this what's it called it's called a, a telehab link and um i think he potentially wants to make a little course course i mean i'm gonna let him yeah tell saw- me the details about that but yeah, get the details for next episode, and then we can properly mention it. Um, 
because I think I've seen it and he and he put out the feelers to say, hey, is anybody interested in a course? And then yeah, I think I know. And I reckon yeah. I reckon you should do it, and you'll yep. see. Like I think that's a good idea. It's pretty hard because essentially you can, if you haven't got time mm. to spend time in the water. Yeah, because you do you do need time to fall. Let's let's agree. You got to get to the beach, go out there, come back, whatever yep, you got to do. For sure. Um, if you can do stuff at home on the days where you can't get out there, that's um that's not lost or wasted time. So yeah, what he sent me is three days a week, and I was really sore this morning, <laughs> and it was really a combination of when you see the um the pros kind of doing their twist and turns and things and you're like what the hell is that and that doesn't look so hard and then you actually try and do it on the floor and you're like yeah whoa <laughs> okay there's a yeah, reason yeah. they're doing that but yep. um well uh good point you make so training adjustments i've made some as well because i've realized that um we were in school holidays recently and the surf was so busy that i didn't even want to go out with the foil drive i didn't want to go out with anything I was just like, nah, stuff this. It's too busy. Don't want to deal with it. Really? You can't even go in between people. Like it's nah, it's horrendous during holidays. Like there'll be three hundred people in on the point. Like it's wow. Horrible. And um and there's been seaweed as well. So it was like a double whammy. But isn't there like a little rock somewhere you can take off that goes into a burger of a wave? Or that's uh, that's not where you live. I don't have a I don't have a foil that I could really dock start straight off a rock. I like I need the thirteen hundred or something. Oh no, no, I didn't mean start like I mean take off on on like a little white water burger that Oh no. Eventually... It's pretty, our beaches are really straight. Like yeah, okay. most of our beaches, we don't have the banks that the Goldie has or the reefs that you guys have. So it's pretty much like there's three spots that really are like genuinely foilable most of the time. One of them's a river mouth and the big tides, it's just horrendous. Like the backwash is out of control. It's literally like foiling in soup. And then all the other spots are just so chockers with people during this time of year. Anyway, the point being was because I'm, you know, I'm just getting a bit fussy because it's like you will be on a wave and you can't do a turn because there's just too many people. <laughs> so, yeah, okay. And a lot of kooks as well who are just like you know, sideways with their longboard and stuff. So um, I went and did some dock starting for the first time in ages because I was like, I just need to be pumping. I just want to keep my pump fitness up and get the legs going. So I was just dock starting smaller and smaller foils, which I haven't done for a long time. And it was actually really fun. So the other thing. Uh, it's really good, but it, it's only fun for so long. And then like you'll do it a couple of times and you're like, okay, like. But I'm, I'm, I think the way I'm literally viewing it is as a training exercise. I'm not going. I'm not doing. I'm, I'm not doing this for fun. I'm doing this to, like, the way an athlete would do sprints. You know. Yeah. Okay. And as I, an added um exercise. Yeah, it's like part okay, of the routine as such. Yep. Exactly. And I think I want to make sure that three times a week I'm either doing flat water paddle up training because that's working. You know, your whole body and you get to pump, and that's probably the main one that I'll do. And then, yeah, dock start because we're probably going to get a really long run of no swell soon. And so if it's not then downwindable, there won't be much to do. So um, Mate, I hardly ever downwind anymore. Yeah, I'm because I've got a new board on the way. I've got a new You're frothing. On the way. I'm frothing it. I still, and that's the thing. I'm probably a year behind how long you've been doing it for. So I'm still in the froth stage. 
<laughs> no, it's unreal. I love it. But I just like I mean, I went to Maui. I downwinded for like two weeks, and then been downwind once from memory. I'd, maybe I had half. But yeah, essentially, I don't think I downwinded between that and Hood River, and then yeah. did a bunch there. I did a lot of winging there, and then I haven't done it since. I feel like you're winging way more than like. Well, I probably... it's just condition suited. I, I just yeah. find that winging allows me to get out quickly and efficiently. And you easy don't have to worry about shuttles or anything like that either. Nah, and even in Fiji, man, like downwinging there is really good, but most of the guys are doing it with prone boards and not downwind boards because um, there's boat support anyway, so you don't actually need yeah. to. You just get towed behind. That makes a lot of sense. That'd be yeah. pretty fun. <laughs> and the the waves, like I mean, if you the way I see downwinding is like possibly the best, most consistent, accessible way of an endless wave. But mm. if you have access to the 05 percent of perfect winging waves, yeah, I reckon sure. it's better. So like cloud break, if you're winging cloud break, that is by far one of the best foil waves in the world because you are literally tacking in one go straight back at the point right all the way down. Yeah. Admittedly, crazy. it's a little bit fast, a bit scary and pretty heavy, but <laughs> it's just there's something about it, mate. It's so good. And then I, I foiled this wave down the coast. That was That's my second favourite wave in the world now. Like it's insanely good. I can't yeah. wait to go back there. I agree. Like I'd never poo-poo. <laughs> Oh, it's funny saying that. Um, winging good waves, but I think, like, I always want it to still be calm waters wherever I'm winging, and that's such yeah. a rare variable for us. Like, locally. it doesn't happen very often. And yeah, so it's either going to be offshore or it's going to be like a point, and it's you know blowing the right direction. So we've got a spot, Moffat, that on a southeasterly, it's perfect <laughs> because out wide it's windy, but as soon as you get into the point, the wind dies. And so what you do is you you ride your wave and you're holding your wing and there's no wind. Like it's amazing. And then you just pump back out as far as you can and hopefully get to the wind line. And then yeah, you and get back on. And keep going. <laughs> Whereas a lot of guys, they'll just come down, they just paddle out, but it's like a toe-in. They just use the wing as, you know, like a little toe-in session. And that's probably the only time that I now wing is when it's like that or another spot um, yeah. that's like cross shore and it's just the perfect direction. And it's I, so good in the right conditions. Yeah. It, it's – I think a lot of people just get confused because sup downwind is so good Yeah, in such a more consistent conditions. Yeah. Winging's like it's, – it's more exclusive in, in where you are and the, and the places that you have access to, I guess. A bit more <laughs> like surfing, a bit more scarce. Yeah, I think I've been thinking about why downwinding is so addictive and I think it's because – you can't think about anything else and it's like there's this problem-solving brain that's in um, – like it's happening constantly. Like you Stress. can't – You're constantly yeah, playing, playing exactly. the, uh, the variables. Whereas with winging, it's a different mindset. You don't have to – you know, you, you, you're obviously still thinking about what you're doing, but you can be a bit mindless. Whereas winging, you are um, – downwinding, you're concentrating really hard to make the right choices and – manage you know your efficiency and your breathing and your positioning and i think that's why it's so addictive because your brain just can't process anything else at the time no matter what problems you've got going on you'll forget about them in that in that downwind run 
and have your own problems. Like, um, like there'll be. Well, some... if you start thinking about them, you'll uh, you'll breathe. Yeah, you'll exactly. Touch down, and and that that's a little thing. Um, I was doing a downwinder from, so I had a surf at um, cloudy, and then we were going back to Namoto, which is directly downwind. And I just brought my prone foil set up, and I was downwinding down, and I got too hot. And just to really like emphasize this point that I took my vest off and then I rode for like another five, 10 minutes. And then I went to throw it on the boat. And as I've done that, I've lost concentration for that split second, touched down, boom, I fell off. Yeah. And I, I never heard the end of that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so they all reminded me that I'm the uh... guy who didn't make it from cloudy to um, the Namotu beach. And it, I was kind of like, they thought it really pissed me off. And it, I guess it must have pissed me off a little bit because <laughs> the next day I kind of went, oh, and I just did it. And I was like, yeah. see, I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> just to prove a point. Just to prove a point. But they well, weren't there. And they're like, oh, it didn't happen. I was like, it didn't happen. <laughs> that's like, because yeah. we've got, we got so many whales around at the moment and you'll hear them splash near you and you look and you almost crash every time. I, it, well, me. I almost crash every time I look. Just that two seconds that it takes to me to be like, where did that splash come from? Is it a shark? Is it a whale? And I've so, almost crashed so many times. Have you actually hit a whale yet? Because No, no, no. Mate, I came pretty damn close um, on the weekend when I went winging. Like as in there was three baby calves mm. and I went to um, – I was just going along and I went to film them and – the last one that said blue, like it's air onto me. And I was like, Oh wow. Whoa. Like that was yeah. not the plan. Like I did <laughs> not mean to do that. And then sure enough, the mum popped up like a couple of minutes later and I was like, Oof, like I'm staying away from you guys. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're pretty intimidating when you get close to them. They you know what? They're a harmless being, mm. but they're just they're size. Just An enormous city of them is so intimidating. Well, we had one of the most glorious moments. I don't know if I've already told you this, maybe, but it's still worth mentioning because it's one of the memories that I'll share oh, like my entire life is we were just downwinding. It was like five o'clock, sun's going down over a mountain on the right-hand side. And we see these whales and they're fully, you know, they're doing the, the vertical breach, like just straight up. Sun's going jumping. down over a mountain and there's Matt Nottage. He's falling between me and them, and they were like 40 meters from us. And I was like, nobody gets to experience stuff like this anymore. You know, like we have such a privilege to be in the ocean and see these most amazing things, like, you know, flying fish and all that sort of stuff. And and I'm like, most people just go to work, they come home, they watch TV, and they go to work the next day. And I'm like, it's so sad that people don't get to see more of this amazing stuff. Like, And yeah. that, that ends the deepness of this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, another scary part is um, one afternoon I was downwinding from Cloudy back to the Motu on the wing, and the boat had already gone, so I had to I had to get back on my own. And those flying fish, man, yeah, they actually take off pretty close to where you are. They like, their evasive mechanism. They only jump when they're really close, like right? last minute. And I was I was actually getting really worried that one of them would pop into my wing and then <laughs> oh, yeah, i would true. be screwed like it would just go yeah hey, uh, 
Uh, yeah. On a side note, Armstrong still haven't sent me a wing, so just um, feel free to tell them that, the, you know, Axis won't care. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not going down that road. Uh, but uh, I will say that <laughs> those wings are good. They do look like, good. They do look they, good. Um, they, they are a huge improvement on um, the previous models and extremely, like, I don't, as a, a, a team rider, something that it, I don't like saying I don't like saying that the brand I ride for is the only and the best because it's not. But I do confidently say, and I have no issues in saying it, that it is one of the top three brands out there. And definitely for the wings, I feel they're for wave riding, definitely the top three wing sales out there for sure. Yep. And so I've written I've written a few. Now Armstrong can sponsor this episode. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take five hundred dollars. Thanks, Army. Army's <laughs> uh, Army's good. No, no, good. I, I, I like, and that's what I said to Adrian. I said, Adrian, is is it a conflict if I go and buy my own Armstrong XPS? And he didn't really say anything. And I was like, Yeah, I sort of know what he's, he's mentioning. <laughs> so yeah, okay, that's fair maybe, enough. Maybe, I maybe I won't say anything either. But I don't no. think he'd probably like. <laughs> no, it you know it does like obviously Axis doesn't have wings, but um, uh, you know I'd say Axis and Armstrong are, are very much competitors in the the landscape. So yeah, yeah. um, it's usually PPC or uh, Smick or someone like that that um Axis riders get drawn. But look, uh, some somebody uh, you know offered me a wing the other day, and I said I don't wing anymore. Like I just downwind. And that's all I really want to do. So no, you got to get you got to get the right equipment. The right equipment changes everything. Like nah, I don't see, and that's the thing. Like I'm just so I'm so obsessed with downwinding that, uh, you know, I've had great uh, winging sessions. Even the other day, I had a great session, but I'd still prefer to go downwinding because it, it's the challenge. It's like it's just it, it. You can never really master downwinding. The ocean always has something up its sleeve. Well, with that attitude. What are you doing in Australia? You got to come to Hood, mate. You got to come yeah, to um, Maui. Like, there, there's no like those two places. Kind of blew my mind. You, um, oh yeah. Speak to speak to Adrian and Evan. Like they, that they they had a big access. Like access have taken on a huge team now too. So it's pretty yeah, cool. But they, um, yeah, Hood River is phenomenal for sub downwinding. Oh yeah. well, and um. The four drive guys might fly me out next year because um, they're talking about they had this great idea that you could do four drives because you know how the Hood River has sections that are good and then sections that aren't. Yeah. What you could do is you could just motor between the sections, so you could actually do like you know like a forty k downwinder or something, um, but just motor between the sections, like motor and pump as needed to you know make your battery last. Oh, okay. I see. To get to the next section, I'm like, that's a good idea because. You know, there are places, but um Well we yeah. I tried to hang out in um in Hood with them, but it's uh it's a really busy event that one. Yeah. And realistically you don't get to talk to many people at all. Because um, you're a celebrity, you, you have, mate. <laughs> no, no, you have the full intentions of, of of meeting all your heroes, but yeah, it's sort of just like because you're also trying to uh help out and like we've got to stand there and we're trying to get um, potential dealers on, on to test out new gear, right? So you got to yeah. help them out and advise them on what you are and what you're not riding. Um, 
you're, you're like you're there as an employee like and that's the thing you're there you're not just there to ride you're also there to advocate for the product that you know you're representing so yeah um yeah. i'm sort of like in this interesting spot where like i'm a you know i'm a videographer and a team rider i'm like i don't want to end up as the guy that's just there on the camera <laughs> that's mm. my that's my fear i actually spoke yeah. about that with josh larry's Cruz. there for you yeah, but see, I still just go like, I want to be on the water like nonstop. I get mad FOMO. <laughs> so me and Matt McVeigh, the flightboard guy, you know, that flightboard team runner who rips, yeah. he he always says to me like, because we'll go out and I'll, I'll four drive and he'll be on the flightboard. And, and he'll always say to me like, oh, we'll film each other. So I'll do, I'll bring my camera down. He'll do 20 minutes and I'll do 20 minutes. And what always ends up happening is we both go, oh, let's just get some waves first and then we'll get some footage. Two hours later, nobody's gotten any footage because we're both just like, nah, we just keep riding. <laughs> we get no footage. So I don't I don't want to be the videographer. I want to be the you rider. Sound, so. <laughs> you sound like a lot of team riders. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty funny. I don't I don't mind it. I, I quite enjoy sometimes I find riding is it's good. And then eventually you just get to a point you're like, yeah, okay, I'm done. Like yeah. an hour in. After no, I, hours. I quite enjoy um filming others and and because it also, when you're filming, when they start filming you, you actually start pushing yourself. It it sort of gets you to that next level up. It sort of um, makes you ride better. Oh, for sure. Like, yeah. But even so, over time, filming yourself regularly and being critical of your own style makes you better. Like I've been trying to work on my style because I used to have this like really wide stance and it looks shit house. And I watch back my old videos. I'm like, oh God. And I'm, you know, I'm you gotta see yourself to be able to fix those things. So it's really helpful. Film your friends. Yeah. That's what we're saying, aren't we? Film your friends. Yeah. yeah. And actually, there's two things that I want to talk about. You just brought two up. A mm. style is really important. And there's a couple of guys on the internet that have got a big following. And to be honest, like I can't finish their videos. Like, yeah, yeah. They'll have a 30-second clip and I literally, after five, <laughs> 10 seconds, I'm like, no, no, no. Like you are in the perfect waves and you are killing it, but I just cannot watch it anymore. Next yeah. one. Anyway, um, what I was going to talk about, and it's related a bit more because we've been waffling on a little Off bit lane. sideways. Um, <laughs> I was going to talk about the whole point of losing weight originally was to start foiling better and also foiling on smaller foils. Yeah. Um, and partly the way I was – going down was i want to start doing so everyone's really good at their specific thing right mm. so some people are really good at prone some people are really good at winging some people are really good at sub down wing. um the air game winging was something mm. that i'd never really concentrated too much when i started foiling and something that i never really like focused on too much until recently when i started putting straps on now i always use straps winging now um just because I can still do the same turns with straps, mm. but you can't do an air if you've got no straps. So it's kind of like you can do both with straps, but you can't do one without straps. Yeah. Um, but so back to the way the story started was I wanted to get my air game improved. And when I went to Hood, I got to catch up with a guy called um, Cash, Bur Cash Brazola. Brazola. So he is talented kid, mate. He's so talented. He's so small. He's super nice, and no, he's a, he's a legend. But I, w I watched your video today. 
Yeah, okay. So I brought that up and I'm glad I almost almost forgot about talking about this. But so one of the things that he was like, okay, so you got to twist your body this way, do this turn, do that, blah, 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 and then you go in the field and you try and do it. And it's it's not easy. And like when you when when there's a photo of me and him together, he's literally almost up to my belly button. Like he's so yeah. short, right? <laughs> and it sort of clicked. I was like, okay, well, sort of anticipated. And he's also, I think he was 18 or he might be just turning 18. Yeah, well, anyway, yeah. he's quite young. And then one of the nights I got to meet um, uh, Finn, Spencer and Jeffrey. Yeah. And then got to meet a bunch of the other kids that are also like the elite, you may say, of winging. Mm. Yeah. And um, I started seeing a clear pattern here. Mm. They're all so young (laughs) and they are all so short. Yeah. It is crazy. And like I've got nothing against short people, but I'm also (laughs) going to go and make a statement that I think there's a pattern where if you want to be doing – Tips, I mean, like turns and twist midair. Mm. You're sort of it doesn't really benefit you being tall and lanky no. and overweight. So, nah, I agree. As much as I was trying to improve, and I had the best teacher in the world there who was literally doing backflips on demand anytime. It's yeah. it was insane what he was doing. Mm. Um, I got close to a few tricks, but never quite stomped it. And yeah, it was it was a little bit deflating, I guess. But yeah. maybe it's just sometimes you just got to leave a specific body type to do the task. Like I'm never going to be a um, a gymnast. No, and like no. it would never but it would be never a- strike me or even cross my mind that I wanted to be one. Right? Yeah. So why am I thinking that all of a sudden I'm <laughs> going to be a, yeah. a winging backflip artist? Like it's not going to happen, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what but, I can do is continue and go out there and have fun. Well, and you're, you know, you're one of the best wave riders. Everybody thinks that. And the beauty about wave riding is that whether you're holding a wing or you're on a prone board, you know, you could, you're still learning the same skill set. As soon as you luff the wing out, you know, it's the same experience. So you're getting good at two sports, three really, with downwinding all at once. <laughs> That's why mm. I like better. <laughs> yeah. I think the same thing. I'm never going to be – I don't have the the elbows or the body type either to to be good um, at freestyle, and I have no interest because there's these 18-year-olds who are just so freaking good already that what's the point? Like. <laughs> Well, it almost sounds like you already knew this and I had to learn the yeah. hard way by trying to push myself into that uh, that arena, I guess, and made a fool of myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've already made a fool of myself. Yeah, but okay. I, but I also think, and I'm going to say this, and this is going to upset some people, some of the guys that I've seen on the GWA, you see them on a wave and they look like a kook. Like, and I'm going to, some, not all, they can the, do. The wave riding. Yeah, yes, some of the wave riding. Wave riding. And I'm just like, oh, that doesn't look good, like whatsoever. And like they look clunky and, you know, and so I'm like, just because you're good at freestyle doesn't mean you can surf well. Some of them are freaks at both. But I've seen some and I'm like, oh, geez, how are you on the world tour? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think you can get into the world tour. Like, Pretty easy. Well, look, <laughs> at the end of the day, it's a financial commitment. And I think if you start flying the world. Yeah. 
and you enter in enough events, they're going to give you an entry, yeah? Yeah. So, and like that probably, if you quote me on just what I said, it's probably going to sound really bad, but... That's look, the reality. The, like the top end, the top tier of that competition mm. are amazing. Yeah, big time. And like, and Cash won the last one and he got like a 9-1 and a 9-8 or whatever, like it was something stupid. Yeah. And there's a reason for that. Like I saw it firsthand. I saw what other riders were doing. I saw like what some of the top branded athletes were doing on the water. They're yeah. not going to like post which brands, but <laughs> he was definitely no. I'm not saying it. But he was I'll say def- it. <laughs> he was definitely a standout. And like F1's got amazing riders, but Chris Cash McKee. was that little that little step above. I still think, and um, what's his name? Rob Wingman. He actually posted this today because somebody did. A, it looked like a back move on a wing. Did you see that? No. It was like so they're like doing a a, a three sixty and a backflip, but with a handle pass. So the wing is staying in the same spot, and they're rotating around the wing, but also inverting. It looks like a oh, back, that's hectic. A, it was the coolest wing trick I've ever seen, and and he wrote like. Finally, um, winging doesn't look stupid, and I was like, "Hundred percent," because I'm of the opinion. Sorry, I'm gonna we're gonna lose some audience here. That a lot of winging tricks, if you don't land and continue on the foil, I'm like, that looks stupid. Like, it's like, hard, I, but it's, it's so hard. I'm not, I'm not negating the difficulty. <laughs> I'm saying like, you know how Rodney Mullen was doing stuff on a skateboard that nobody yeah. knew you could do until Rodney Mullen did it. I think the same thing's still happening, and it's like. It's going to become standard that you have to land and continue on foil soon. Like Wesley Brito, have you seen that guy? No, he's a duotone. F- he's 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 a black duotone, right? I'm saying he's black because then you might think of who he is. No, he, I know exactly the curly head guy. Yeah, he is insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's good. And he does tricks. He does a backflip, lands on foil, and just keeps going. And I'm like, that is sick. But I, I you know, I'm just being overly critical because I'm like, well, I'm never going to be able to do it. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't have to go, oh, it's so hard. I'm like, no, nah, man, be better. <laughs> I hope all these guys private message you and go, yeah. hey, I want to see you, you do better. <laughs> fat piece of shit. <laughs> uh, if you're not getting in trouble, you're not saying enough. But um, yeah, you know well, who I was thinking like, of? Yeah. I was thinking about this to you and I. because, And I think we might have this in common because – um. You know Dane Reynolds, the surfer. Yeah. So he was a he-, he was one of the heavier guys on the tour. You think about Kelly Slater, Andy Irons, they're all like seventy five kilos. And he's Dane was something. he was consistent like eighty five, eighty nine, and recently he's been ninety five since he had kids. But he's using that weight to his advantage, and he always has. And I still think they're not not to say that we can still be really powerful riders and this is why i like prone and wave riding because there isn't a disadvantage like there is being tall uh, and heavier trying to do winging tricks we don't have a disadvantage in the surf really to once you're on oh the disadvantage is definitely that every time you try and pull into a barrel you make it look when it's three foot when it's actually well five yeah foot. i don't have that problem but you I've, I've i've had that problem since day dot yeah, I always out in the same same sessions <laughs> as others, and then I always like see the photos after. I'm like, mate, was I out like the same day? Like, <laughs> like for Kai, like, it's an eight foot barrel. For you, it's a four foot barrel. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. It doesn't it's just it's not fair. 
Just bend down lower. Just go, go lower. Well, the, the trick is pig-dogging and then you can't tell. Because <laughs> if you do a stand-up barrel, that's a big barrel. Yeah, yeah. That's a monster barrel. But anyway. Well, it's a but, fun, fun, challenging one. But We're deviating. We're losing ourselves here. <laughs> mm. um, yeah, so everything's uh, fit for purpose, I guess. And Yeah. Body Lean. types change what, what you're going to be good at. And if you're yeah. really tall with kids, <laughs> you're probably not going to be doing double backflips. No, probably not. Well, actually, you know what? If you can do them, well, hats off to you because that's what yeah. you've obviously focused on. But um, I, um, you're also going to buckle some stuff too. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've put my entire foot through a board before. Um, <laughs> yeah, doing a jump, big jump, 25 knots on a six meter wing and I just went sky high and uh, landed and broke the fall and put my foot through the board. And I, that's why I don't do big jumps anymore. <laughs> so it's expensive. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Oh, so let's get back on and wrap this up. Cause my wife is messaging me saying, where are you? Um, so my new plan moving forward is to pretty much do what Sarah said, because she's a dietitian and she's clever. And so I'm, I'm calorie counting with my fitness power. So it's just an app that you just put your food in. So by the end of the day, you can sort of track what calories you're at. And I'm eating about two and a half that calories a day. And it's just eating sensibly. Like you said, don't eat stupid stuff, but it's more like, you know, if you do have a beer with a mate, you need to put that into the app and know that you've just used up 300 calories for one beer. So for me, it's just being really conscious of keeping track of what I'm eating. So that's the new plan. Okay. I'm hoping. That sounds good. So calorie tracking. Yep. Calorie tracking. Yeah. Okay. And um, does that work quite well with um, having, like if you cook something yourself, do you weigh it or something? Like if you You, have a bowl of spaghetti? Yeah. How does that work? That's a good question. It's not entirely accurate, but I think it's about the consistency. So yeah, if you, you should technically weigh your food because it'll say like 300 grams spaghetti bolognese or it'll say yeah, 400 okay. gram. I'm probably not going to do that, to be honest. <laughs> nah, well, that's, that's back to the point of if it's not long-term and if it's a headache, you're not going to do it. Yeah. So don't, don't do stupid stuff because it's not going to work. But I think you can know like, oh, this is a big bowl of spaghetti. This isn't 250 grams of spaghetti. This is 400 grams. So then I've been trying to actually overestimate than under. So, you know, if it gives me two options and one's bigger, I go with the bigger one. Yeah. Because I go, I can afford the deficit. Um, so that's the new plan because I'm like, what I have done when I was younger, worked when I was younger, but I'm no longer that age. And... um. Yeah, I'm hoping uh, – and alcohol has been reduced dramatically. So um, it's been like instead of, you know, 10 drinks a week, it's been like two. So that's been good. And how do you sell? How do you tell somebody who buys you a, a drink that you don't want it? Say, I'm fat, leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> no, right, next I, time um, I want a motu, I'll, I'll say that. What if, two- what if – what if what it's if a Kai? pina colada? What if it's Kai with a pina colada? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't drink. Oh, well, see, no. that explains it. Man, um, he's an athlete, dude. He's he's a weapon. Exactly. We're athletes, Jeremy. We're athletes. Well, that's the aim, yeah? We're just not quite there yet. No, nah, we are. We are. We are. We're there. Um, <laughs> no, I I, uh, I actually want to eliminate alcohol entirely. So there's, there's a beer that, like, tastes really good that if I'm going to have a beer – that's what I'll try and get 
Um, I can't remember what it's called, better beer or something. It tastes like Bolter, if anybody's had Bolter. But see, but, that that's in my eyes, that's totally achievable, right? Yeah, for sure. Like if you if you tell me, oh, I want to cut out alcohol, yeah, yeah, yeah man, it's a great idea. Like do yeah. it. But you say that to most people that get offered free alcohol four times a week. They'll say, Oh, well, I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> yeah. I get a lot of free alcohol if I want it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, but no, definitely empty calories, total waste, and um, and also just like waking up early, you know, which is hard because I often go between like waking up at, I go to bed, you know, twelve at night or two a.m. when I'm working because of the weddings, and if you've had drinks as well, it's like then it's so much easier to just have a sleep in. And I'm not talking yeah. about getting drunk. I'm just saying any amount of alcohol for me means that I'm just usually worse that I have a worse sleep. Like it's been pretty what, Whatever you do when you mm. go to Fiji, don't have carver. That Carver's. stuff will just make you drowsy. I've heard, I've heard that it like gives you headaches. <laughs> it's just it's just no good. I mean if something makes your tongue numb, it's probably not good for you. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a fair point. Sounds like poison. And it's brown. It's like, I don't know. But well, you I, have to accept it and you have to be polite and you have to Yeah. Um, it's tradition, you know, but um, small portions. Small portions. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. High tide, mate. Um all right, we're at the two hour mark. So let's any, any final comments? Um, I guess, uh, well, you just had a rundown of what you're doing. I'm yep, not what traveling are you doing? now. I'm not traveling now for a few weeks. So I'm going back to, um, the way I was, mm-hmm. which was taking out all the crap and reducing calories. I'm also going to continue on with this, um, this training program and hopefully get a bit more, a few more routines on that. I'll see if I can get you on that and then, yep. um, I'll give it a go. we will get some, let's try and get some results. Yeah, well, if if you can, because they're not expensive, they're like seventy bucks usually. See if you can get a DEXA scan, uh, if you're motivated to. If oh, you get I've a got Audi white scope. Oh yeah, that, oh the Audi. <laughs> I love that it's it's branded Audi. Audi. Have you seen that video that Kai put up when it's like Mercedes and she touches the car and then he touches his jet ski and he's like Yamaha. <laughs> I'll see. You oh, <laughs> Have you seen that? I I remember it, but I don't. I, I did, yeah, I I think I saw that. I'm gonna do a video of it with my. He's actually side. just signed. I think he's. Or maybe no, he hasn't signed. But he's. Let's put it this way: he's got sponsors for everything. everything. Oh yeah, mate. He's, Lenny. he's the OG. Spent, <laughs> spent a week with him, and he literally like the stories are fascinating. If you think we've got good stories, or I don't even know if I've well, got good stories, but mate, he's got good stories. You know what we should do is he's got big wave adventure stories. Because you obviously hung out with him, you come on as co-host and we interview him for the podcast. Big land, <laughs> big land, big time for us. <laughs> well, he he knows all about. Um, hey, he just started following me. Woo! <laughs> hey, look out! You've made it. Uh, see? It, only, nah. it only took about ten years, but um, <laughs> no, nah, he's he's a really nice guy. And actually, if you're ever going to talk to somebody in regards to like proper nutrition and training and how like a good balance, right? Yeah. He's he's Mickey Mouse. Well, um, we won't actually I shouldn't say Mickey Mouse because every person I say that to America they think I'm saying it's shit. But yeah. as far as I'm concerned, you say Mickey Mouse, it means it's good. So I'm Someone actually saying said, him 
Someone knows said that good. to me on the podcast recently on another episode. Yeah. Who said that? Uh, I can't remember. Money. Yeah, it happened two or three times. And I was like, no, I'm saying it's really good. They're like, oh, but you said it's Mickey Mouse. And I was like, oh, it's good. <laughs> yeah, we've bastardized it then because that's their saying originally. Yeah. Um, but that's what Australians do. We say, yeah, good, nah. <laughs> Like what? Good nah. Yeah, nah. Nah, nah, good, you know. <laughs> like what? Mm. Um uh okay. Well that pretty much I think we've covered a lot of ground as we tend to do, which is I think why people like it, because we just sort of go where we go. So yeah, clocking in at uh what am I? Ninety five point five. You were ninety seven, yeah. you said? 96? Oh, 96. 96. Just so anyone's yeah. got a reference point for next episode when it hopefully we'll try and do say two weeks or do you want to do longer yeah two two to three weeks I'd like i want to be able to have like some sort of change you um, want some results and yeah we're, we're both some so sort of... busy that it's hard just to line it up sometimes no but this was like this was good because the way i see it this is like we have we achieve results with real life scenarios and obstacles and both yeah. of us have had um oh <laughs> I got to. I got to tell you this because remember I said, um, uh, "Don't send me." In the last episode, I said, "Don't send us your um, body photos." Did you get sent any? Nah, I did. <laughs> I got two. <laughs> I got two. Oh, good. Sending me their transformation. I was like, I don't want to see this shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's oh, classic. Man. You seem to get all the uh, the texts. Maybe. Uh... Maybe you just don't check your requests. <laughs> Maybe I should. I should look at my settings. But you know what? We should actually um, let's let's put it out there that you're going to start a Facebook group about this. No, you're starting it, not me. <laughs> okay. I'm not starting it. I'll start a Facebook group, and we'll get whoever wants to uh, to join this, and then we can share information on what is actually the proper ed- educational um, way of eating better. I want to put a challenge out there that every person who messages Jeremy a picture of their body, I'll give you a mention <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> See if you can get through my my firewall. <laughs> the request folder that's full that he's never checked. Kyle is yeah. probably in your requests being like, hey, man, how you going? <laughs> like, nah, delete. <laughs> So that's the one. Eh? Everybody, everybody, uh, photo. I'll I'll flick it back to you, and then you yep. can make a post about it, it. Yeah. <laughs> on the Facebook group that you're starting. <laughs> All right, unreal. This this podcast is getting uh, really progressing, <laughs> progressing very well here. <laughs> yep. We're doing good. All right, mate. Well, good job. Hopefully, uh, we both do better this time around, and all things going well, we'll come no. up with some results. Well, we have come out with results. We just need to uh, continue on closer to our our goals, I should say. Consistency is the key. Yep. Let's end on that. All right, Jeff. Thank you. Good to talk to you, mate. Sign us off. Adios. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Au revoir. Thanks for listening. Beautiful. Welcome to the Fact Check. We've got some facty facts. Uh, right. The main one is that I tried to sound smart and referenced a study and got the whole thing wrong. Now, what I said was that you should eat a diet similar to what you were raised as a child, and that's not the case. It's something that I heard, and then, you know, information just gets uh, muddled up in your brain. So, 
There's actually, the study is from the University of California, Riverside, and they looked at childhood diet and its effect on microbiome in your later life. So it's actually the other way around. So it was more, the study actually found that eating too much fat and sugar as a child affects your microbiome even if you get healthier later in life. So it was backwards. So my apologies for that. If you didn't get to the fact check, uh, it's your own fault. You should all listen all the way through. So there's fact number one. Fact number two is the, I totally exaggerate. You say these things in conversation, you don't realize you're saying them. Uh, we weren't doing 14-hour days at full drive, and that makes them sound like they're abusing me. They weren't. We were doing 10-hour days, and then maybe 12. Uh, I did a, I was awake for 24 hours, but that was because of my early flight, and then we had a late night because we were socializing. So that is a fact that should be checked. So no, we weren't doing 14-hour days at full drive. Uh, we were doing 10-hour days, maybe eight. Everyone else does eight. Um, but the other boys were doing 10 to 12. So that's pretty much it. There, There's probably others, but I've forgotten at this point. And hopefully uh, you've stuck around this long. Like I said, next week we have John Mann and Edo. Uh, we're going to be doing recording those episodes, so looking forward to that. I've got some interesting people in the pipeline. There's people you'd like to hear from uh, with my, you know, different approach. Hopefully, I'm approaching this a little bit differently. Uh, please DM me. Let me know. And, um, yeah, for this week, that's all. Thank you very much. And my thanks again to Jeremy for his time. Uh, please uh, have a good week. Bye.